Hello again, fight fans. Welcome to episode number 282 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Ring Magazine, ringtv.com, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel. This is TNC 282 for the week of September 25. As always, I remind you guys, make sure that you're subscribed to the Ring Digital YouTube channel. Make sure you click that notification bell so you never miss a live video. We go live every Monday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. And then, of course, the audio pod goes out on my platforms, Montero Unboxing, the following day. And don't forget about this part, guys. Don't forget about it. You get the recap on ringtv.com. Make sure you check out that recap because you guys who call in, I quote a lot of you, all right? And I post you up there on the piece. So you guys get to see your quotes printed on ring. No one else is giving you that value. And we do that here live with no ads. So what the hell, man? What do you have to lose? Make sure that you uh, check out that recap. Also on that recap, you get timestamps. I know a bunch of you guys ask for the timestamps. You get them there, all right? So that's every Tuesday. You're going to get the recap on rigtv.com. And then the audio pod goes out on my platforms. Montero Unboxing, The Neutral Corner. Look for it. Make sure you subscribe. Drop that rating. Drop that review. And my fee that I ask you guys for every week, make sure if if you find value in this show, if you have fun, if you laugh a little bit, maybe you get a little pissed off or we argue a bit, whatever. As long as you have fun and you're entertained, man, share the show. Tell somebody. That's it. It's a non-monetary fee. That's all I ask from you guys. All right? So um, finally... We have a big fight to talk about this week, so that's going to be fun. Michael the Bounty Hunter. We were supposed to uh, talk a couple weeks ago. There was some tech issues there. Uh, he couldn't get on the stream. I thought we worked that out, but so far, uh, I haven't heard from him. Uh, he was supposed to check in with me a couple minutes before the show. I haven't heard from him. Just checked my phone. Let me check, double check again, make sure that his people didn't message me. But we might be having tech issues again, guys. So, um at some point, we will work out the tech issues with Mr. Hunter and his team, and we will get him on the show. I really wanted him on this week because I wanted him to talk about the heavyweight fight. I wanted to get his take on it because he's fought one of the guys that's going to be in this, this big, big fight over in London. But as it is, uh, we'll just jump into some other stuff, um, and we'll, get, we'll go into news and notes. But guys, uh, phone lines are open if you want to talk. Uh, we'll keep the calls shorter. This uh, this month or this month, this week, uh, we'll keep the call short because uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Um, and I'll probably share my screen a few times, but uh, it's going to be fun, man. So let, let's jump right into news and or notes. There's a few things I want to hit on. Um, some opinionated, you know, and stuff and then uh, some factual. But I think that uh, you guys are going to agree with most of what I have to say. Now, of course. There was my fight last week, and we got the W, baby. We dominated. We clearly won all the rounds. We ate a couple of right hands that we shouldn't have ate, but I've uh, looked back on it, reflected. I've got some thoughts. Uh, I'll share those in a little bit. But uh, sticking to pro boxing, a couple of things uh, to catch up on. Manny Pacquiao apparently is going to run for president of the Philippines, and he is retired, apparently. that's uh, he is, He's, I guess, made that official. and. Uh, that's what I've heard anyway. That's what I, I haven't actually seen. I haven't checked Manny's social media, but I've seen a lot of tweets and a lot of people talking about this. So apparently Manny Pacquiao is retired and I think it's the, the right time for him to bow out. And I do think he really does 
love it or hate it. And I know a lot of people from the Philippines, a lot of my friends from that part of the world don't want him to be president, but he may very well be president one day uh, over there. And it might be one day very, very soon. We'll find out. But um, so that's it for Manny. And that opens up things in the welterweight division slightly. And I guess at the, you know, we talked about this in, in recent shows and, and we'll talk about it more, obviously, but there's an opening now at the top of the sport, I would say, for the young active fighters. There's a, there's a void there. And I don't know who's going to fill it, but there's the, uh, the, the crossover superstar fighter that isn't the bad guy. The crossover superstar fighter that's the fan favorite. And that's the role that Manny filled. And he was truly a generational talent. He's a guy that we're going to be talking about for a long, long time. Maybe we'll talk about Manny a little bit more in detail Friday. Um, but if you guys want to talk about him today, give me a call, man. Um, I just, right now, the welterweight division, there's kind of a void there of star power. And don't tell me Errol Spence is a star because he's not. Don't tell me Terrence Crawford is a star because he's not. You don't have that big star in the welterweight division. But also, you know, in, in boxing in general, Canelo Alvarez is the face of the sport. Yes, he is a superstar, no doubt. But he is not on the level of Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather. He's just not on that level. And, and guys before like Oscar De La Hoya and a bunch of others I can name. So, um, you know, th there's a void right now. Let's, let's not make a mistake about this. Uh, anyway, speaking of Canelo, the Canelo versus Plant fight will be on Showtime pay-per-view November 6th. <clears throat> not Fox pay-per-view. And by the way, my voice is still a little rough. It was a long weekend uh, after my fight, um, but a good one. I finally ate some food. I ate some cake and stuff, and it was, it was really nice. Ate some pasta, some pizza, <laughs> all that good stuff. But uh, I've been talking to friends and family and stuff for, for the last few days, so my voice is going to give out a lot in this show. But anyway, okay, Canelo Plant Showtime instead of Fox. Now, some people made a huge, huge deal of this. I'm not going to do that. I mean, there are people writing articles about this on reputable boxing sites. I don't know if it's that newsworthy, but I did tweet about this because it is something to keep note of, okay? Um, you would think, now, now look, Canelo does have a history with Showtime, okay? That is true, but that was a long time ago. That was uh, a different phase of Canelo's career and a different phase of the Showtime boxing brand. Different people were involved in that than are involved in it now. So to make that comparison and say, oh, it's because of his legacy there that they jumped immediately to Showtime, eh, that's a little too easy, okay? It's not quite that simple. Uh, Caleb Plant, not really. Uh, Caleb Plant's been fighting, I want to say, mostly on Fox. So why wouldn't this go to Fox? Because Fox has handled most, many of PBC's pay-per-views in recent years, and it's got a much bigger platform than Showtime. And uh, on the surface... You would think, unless Fox has some other major programming plan for that day, you'd go to Fox with this because you have a bigger machine behind it and you have a massive payroll for this fight because Canelo is getting a huge guarantee and Caleb Plant's getting a, a career-high guarantee several times over, right? So why go to Showtime? And so the reason why this is a little interesting to me, because you know, at first I'm like, well, wait a second, maybe the World Series is going on. And I looked... If the World Series goes to a Game 7, November 3 will be the last game. Okay, so it's not going up against the World Series. I checked the NBA schedule. 
There's no big, significant, nationally broadcast games that night. And besides, that's early in the NBA season, and the NBA ratings are in a shitter anyway. So that's not really a competition for a boxing match. Uh, NFL obviously doesn't play on Saturday nights. It's Sunday mornings and a couple other nights during the week. But really, it's it's Sunday afternoon, I should say, that you're going up against the big NFL ratings and Monday night football, of course. Uh, Thursday games don't do those uh, similar ratings. So there's really not a whole lot going on. Now, if I'm missing something, guys, let me know. But I've checked the sports calendar. There's no other major sports programming going on that day, that day, that night. So why go to Showtime? And the reason why this is interesting is because there's been rumors, okay? And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have all the answers, but there's all these rumors that uh, PBC on Fox may be ending soon, that Fox isn't that happy with the product, the Pacquiao the recent Pacquiao pay-per-view didn't sell very well. Other recent pay-per-views haven't sold that well, not as well as expected. And so perhaps Fox is going to be bowing out soon. I don't know. Maybe there's nothing to it. Maybe they just went this direction for some reason, some logistical reason that we don't possibly know about because we don't work at the network, okay? But perhaps this is something that six months from now, 12 months from now, we can look back to as an indicator for where the the business moved to, okay? Uh, It's clear, though, to me that Showtime is invested in boxing and PBC will be at Showtime for a long time to come. That much is clear. All right, another big fight. Crawford versus Porter, official for November 20th, Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas. Okay, so in recent weeks, I told you guys, I felt like I was 60-40, 55-45 on that fight happening, but I was... I was... um, I was, what's the opposite of pessimist? I can't think right now. I was uh, positive, not positive. I, I cannot think of this freaking word, the opposite of pessimistic. I thought it was going to happen. I was more than 50% you know, sure that it would happen. And it did happen. Congrats to everybody involved that got this done. Everybody on the t- top rank side, everybody on the PBC side. Sean Porter, we, we know he's not afraid to step up and fight anybody. He has fought everybody. Ah, optimistic. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, I was optimistic this fight was going to happen. Obviously, I got whacked a couple uh, too many times with those right hands uh, last week. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I was more than 50% optimistic that this fight would happen, and it did. And props to Sean Porter more so than Terrence Crawford on this because – Terrence Crawford needed a high-level opponent way more than Sean Porter did, right? Now, Sean Porter's getting a career-high payday here, I think $4 million, several times. Like That's way more than he's ever made, okay? So he's going to get a career-high payday here. And honestly, I'll say he deserves it, man. He's fought everybody. If we had more Sean Porters in boxing right now, specifically American boxing, we'd be, we'd be in a way better place. We really, really would. So props to him. And here's the thing. This is going to be a measuring stick kind of thing for Terrence Crawford, right? Everyone talks about Crawford and Spence, Spence and Crawford. We saw what happened when when Spence fought uh, Porter. I, I was there. I was ringside, right? We saw the action. I thought Spence clearly won, but I thought it was competitive. Um, so Crawford's going to be measured by his performance against Porter. Is that fair? No, but it is what it is. Styles make fights, right? Uh, so, so you don't know what you're going to get until these two get in the ring. But, but my early uh, gut feel is that Crawford is going to chop Porter up. 
I really, really feel that way. And he's going to dominate Porter and beat him much more clearly than Spence did. He's going to beat him more clearly than any fighter has since Brooke did. And that goes back however many years when they fought in LA. So that's what I expect. That's my early gut feel. Maybe that will change as we go. But uh, Justin in the chat says, Porter and his dad are good guys in the sport. Completely agree. Two of the real, true, just good human beings in the sport. I uh, skipped over a super chat here from Mark. Mark Ashley with the super chat. Thank you very much, Mark. He says, PAC retirement is good. His presidency? No. I don't want him to compromise principles with a presidency. Watch your fight, though. Your jab is on point. Thank you so much, Mark. And um, yeah, to be honest with you guys, I don't know much about Manny's uh, political uh, beliefs and his stance on stuff. I don't really pay attention to that. So I don't know where he falls on the spectrum. I would imagine he's a conservative guy because he's so religious, but with his policies and stuff, I, I, I don't know. But uh, I do know a lot of people that are not crazy about the idea of him being president. I do know that. Uh, again, I have a lot of friends from the Philippines or, and, and Americans who are Filipino heritage, and they love Manny, but they're like, nah, he don't need to be president. No, <laughs> please. No, we don't need that. <clears throat> Joe Sarah in the chat. What's up, Joe? He says, congrats, Mike. Man, guys, Joe makes awesome posters, awesome freaking fight posters. Make sure that you follow him, uh, especially on Instagram, where he posts a lot of his stuff. He's getting really, really freaking good. All right. Um, okay. I brought up the Canelo thing. I brought up the, the Crawford versus Porter thing because uh, I wanted to hit on something. And I, I also wanted to share an article with you guys. Let me, let me share my screen real quick. Yeah. My favorite thing to do, share my screen. Um, all right. Let me make sure you guys can see this. Yes, you can. Okay. So Steve Kim, my boy now does, a column on the snack website, right? And snack is Victor Conti's thing. But um, Steve has been doing a column there for, for a few months now. And he wrote, this week's was about a friend of his, he calls him Battleship Bill, because it's a friend of his that was in the Navy, longtime boxing fan, like a boxing lifer. And I'm not going to go and read all this, but I recommend you guys check it out. Go to the snack site. And there's actually uh, a page where you can click right up here at the top, you can see Canine Kim's Corner. Check out his stuff, man, because to me, this is one of the, my favorite pieces to read. Uh, Canine Kim's Corner, Dougie Fisher's Mailbag. There's there's a few places I still go to uh, that I just voices I rely on and, and perspective that I really, really uh, admire and almost always agree with. I, I mean, yeah, there are times where I disagree with Steve and Doug, but a lot of their stuff, I really agree with it. Anyway, and here he's talking about um, his friend who's a longtime boxing guy, someone who really, really knows the sport, just expressing concerns about where boxing is at right now. And, and particularly, you know, to, to be clear, uh, this guy, Bill, his friend, is an American. Steve's American. So, so they're specifically talking about American boxing, but just the whole, the whole business in general, okay? And there are a lot of opinions that uh, are expressed in this column that I've expressed on this show recently, and you guys have too. Uh, these are things that a lot of fight fans and a lot of people in different parts of the boxing industry 
matchmakers, promoters, advisors, managers, trainers, you know, people, I talk to people, man. It's my favorite thing to do is talk to people and get that salt of the earth kind of viewpoint. Uh, I don't care about talking about people at the very, very top. That shit really doesn't interest me. I want to talk to the people in the trenches. And by the way, that includes you guys because you're in the trenches as fans. And, and you guys are actually the lifeblood of this sport. You are what you and the fighters are what keep this thing of ours going. So I, I love talking to you guys and chopping it up every week because you give me that perspective, you know, um, and what I see is a lot of people are frustrated and it's not just people bitching for the sake of bitching, which is what boxing fans love to do. That's part of being a boxing fan. It's just fun to complain about shit, right? I swear that is one of the funnest things for, uh, for fight fans It's just a bitch about shit. That's not what this is. There are people that normally are very level-headed and very pragmatic who are concerned about where we are at. Right. And I tweeted about, I'm going to share my screen again. <laughs> uh, it always takes me a minute because I got to make sure I click the right buttons. I don't want to like, you know, end the show. But I tweeted last week when, when the, um, and this was what, two days before my fight. I, I, you know, you guys have seen me slow down on Twitter recently because, you know, I had to focus. But anyway, uh, September 14th. Okay. So that would have been what, Tuesday when the Crawford versus Portify was made official. I tweet here, and I'm going to read this so that you guys listening to the audio, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I tweeted a, a poll, and I asked, does Crawford versus Porter, the Crawford versus Porter fight on November 20, save the 2021 boxing year for you, or is it still a bad year in your eyes? And I gave three options. 2021 is trash. 2021 is okay. 2021 is good. And could I have worded this poll better? Yes. Uh, yeah, obviously I could have. Um, this, this wasn't my the, the best worded tweet of my life, okay? I could have left my opinion out of it because the way I worded it, is it still bad? You know, that lets you know how I think. I should have left my opinion out of it. So I admit that. But Al Bernstein, who I respect, and we've talked before, you know, I respect Al a lot. I do think he's one of the best in the business at, at calling fights. Now, some of the political stuff he tweets all the time where he's basically beating the shit out of two-thirds of the country, that kind of stuff, you know, I, I, I wish there was less of that, particularly when his own, you know, former colleagues have been fired for expressing their political opinions. And, um, you know, he does his carte blanche. But anyway, anyway, leaving that out. When he, when he sticks just to boxing and calls the action, um, I think he's one of the best in the business. I think he's one of the best to have ever done it. He's a Hall of Famer. But he responds here and he goes, uh, and I'm going to read this word for word. This year doesn't need saving. It's been one of the best years of recent times. I'm, I'm reading that word for word, guys. Dozens of excellent matches, many unification fights as well. This is nonsense. My response was one of the best years of recent times. I don't know about that, Al. From what I hear when I speak with fans, many are frustrated with fights being delayed or just not happening. Recent ratings and pay-per-view buy numbers seem to reflect that. Agreed, there have been some very good fights, though. And I capitalize very. <clears throat> because to Al's point, and he's correct about this, and I never tried to suggest otherwise, but now we've had some great fights this year. I was there for the Estrada Chocolatito rematch. Shitty result, but I was there. Um, 
Taylor versus Ramirez, outstanding matchup. That was a true 50-50 fight. I, that was I, probably the most excited I've been for a fight this whole year. Uh, Charlo Castaño, outstanding fight. I don't like the result, but very good fight. So, yes, you have had a couple of complete unifications. That is very, very true. But the ratings weren't good. Top rank completely mishandled the Taylor Ramirez unification. How many people were there for that fight? Like 2,000 or something? That could have been in Texas in front of 15,000 fans. Easily. It was a completely blown promotion, and the ratings were lackluster. The Charlo Castaño fight did poor ratings, relatively speaking, when you consider the level, the magnitude of fight that it was. And we got a poor result. The Estrada Chocolatito fight, outstanding fight that lived up to, I think, exceeded expectations, but a bad result. We were supposed to get the third one this year. It's not going to happen. Um, so, yes. Have there been good fights? Absolutely. We're about to get Joshua versus Usyk. Outstanding fight. I hope there's no shenanigans. We have had some good fights. But guys, would you consider this one of the best years in recent times? Am I, am I off base? If I'm off base, I know you guys will keep me in check. I know that you'll straighten me out and tell me, Mike, you need to shut up and sit down. This is one of the best years in all of my boxing life. I've been watching boxing for years, and this is one of the best ever. Or is Al being a company man here? And I understand why Al's doing it. He's keeping, he's, you know, keeping his job secure and, and doing his thing, being a company man for Showtime slash CBS. But let's be honest. Is that really what you guys think about this year? There have been a lot of fights that have been delayed. There have been a lot, there's been a lot of posturing. There's all the young guys, the young guns that we've been talking about. Javante Davis has fought once, and it was against Mario Barrios in a pay-per-view that maybe 200,000 people bought. It, it sold good at the venue, but maybe 200,000 people bought it. And nobody wanted to see him fight Mario Barrios. Tiafima Lopez has not fought all year. And now his pay-per-view might be moved again. It moved from, what, a Tuesday to a Monday. Now they're talking about pushing it back another week or so. It went from $20 pay-per-view to what now, $50? Steve Kim tweeted today, um, the, the Lopez Cambosis fight has moved more times than a military family. Good job on that one, Steve. That, that was classic. Um, but I can keep going. We, we thought we were going to get Joshua versus Fury. Remember, that was a complete catastrophe what happened there. And then is there any buzz right now for the third fight between Fury and Wilder? Outside of Wilder's cult, nobody seems to want that fight. Nobody, including Tyson Fury. Uh, have you seen how he looks recently? Doesn't look as sharp and as engaged as he looked for that rematch. Uh, COVID has KO'd a bunch of fights. Ratings are still down. They haven't really recouped from last year. You know, you, you had a few months after the COVID recovery. When I mean recovery, guys, is the, the sport recovering and coming back from from the uh, lockdowns um yeah you, you had the excuse okay ratings are down across the board but man other sports ratings have ticked back up recently and boxing is still kind of suffering you know are, the ratings are not where they should be at uh where you'd expect them to be at so yes we've gotten a few good fights but uh i don't know man i don't know about the best in recent years so anyway i wanted to share all of that with you guys um yes that's more opinion than news but I, I just want to hear from you. I usually have a question of the week for you guys. And that would be my question of the week uh, for you. Because where are we at this year in boxing? Uh, I don't know. I, to me, 
it's not a shit year. It's not complete dog shit, but it's been a mostly down year. And I'm including the second half of 2020 because some of the return fights we got last year weren't the greatest fights. And the best fights all went to pay-per-view. Uh, and those pay-per-views underperformed. But I do think fights like Joshua Usyk, Crawford Porter, and some others do save a, a, a year from being bad and take it to okay. I do think it makes this year okay. But overall, some good, some bad, a lot of just nothing. The, the big problem for me in 2021 is we're still waiting. We're still waiting for shit that should already be happening. Anyway, that's my perspective, man. Um, let's see. Benjamin says uh, 2021 has the potential to become a very good year. 2017, 2018 together are the best years for a while. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Emma Willis says ratings will always be down till we get to see the fights we want to see. That's a U.S. boxing problem. That's where I stand on this. That's where I stand. Boxing and Bulldogs says boxing is in danger of going from a niche sport to an irrelevant, <laughs> to irrelevant beyond the hardcores. Uh, some may argue it's already there, brother. It's just, um, I don't know. I'm starting to get concerned. Justin says uh, that Lopez Cambosis fight is going to flop. Lopez has wasted so much momentum after beating Loma. I can't, can't disagree. Can't disagree. Let's see. Um, Dom says boxing has been okay with a few good fights but it had so much more potential. Just look at lightweight and welterweight. Dozens of multi-million dollar fights could have been made and none of them did. Yeah, I don't know how you can deny that. Sam says, uh, not as many big fights, but tons of great action fights this year. Yeah, we've got some good action. I you know, can't deny that. But I'm thinking back, guys, to, to years where the 2000s, even early 2010s and stuff where I felt like every year we were getting a fight of the magnitude of like, like the Marquez Vasquez fights like that, that level. And then um, even recently with like, um, uh, what am I forgetting, man? Uh, Salido and Vargas, like, like fights like that, man, uh, Vargas Miura, we were getting those kinds of fights. It just, I, it feels to me like they were more regular. They were happening more regularly than they are right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Anonymous in the chat says, big up Mike Montero. Keep up the grind, bro. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, Ellie says, uh, Lou DiBella had the best idea. Just put one of this pay-per-view fights on regular Fox. And well, yeah, I've been saying that for years. I mean, imagine if Canelo versus Plant was on regular Fox. Uh, not that Plant's this huge name, but that kind of fight, you know, if you really, really market it to the casuals being, you know, the undisputed super middleweight championship and all of that, then um, you know, you probably could do a pretty good rating, but the the purse guarantees are just too big, man. And then Sports Talk with Troy says, too many big fights being postponed or outright canceled due to COVID. Yeah, exactly. And that's not necessarily boxing's fault, but the promoters have to start putting, you know, disclosures in these contracts because, guys, we're going to have to have COVID disclosures. And maybe you have to tell the fighters you got to get vaccinated and, you know, uh, get vaccinated and, and then maybe, you know, you got to have a replacement opponent on standby in case one guy gets COVID. I mean, the promoter's got to figure something out because it, one thing about boxing that's different from other sports is a lot of times you're traveling to go to a fight. It's not like if you, you know, if, you, if you're an NFL fan 
whatever town in America you live in, there's probably an NFL franchise within an hour or so of your house, right? So you can drive to your football game, right? If, uh, if you live in the Atlanta area, you can go downtown and see the Atlanta Falcons play. But with boxing, you know, if you live in the Atlanta area, you got to fly to Vegas for a lot of fights. So you got to fly to LA, you know, you got to fly to other parts of the country, uh, Texas, Dallas, whatever it is. So, you know, people plan hotels, flights, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then when a fight gets moved because of COVID, a lot of people just check out. They're like, nah, I'm just going to return my flight, return my ticket. And that's it. I'm not doing this again. And people get um, frustrated with that. So they got to figure this stuff out, man. We got to figure this stuff out. Captain Hook Chronicles says, with, my, uh, with Mayweather, now Montero is the other O everybody want to take. I love it, man. I love it, love it, love it. Um, oh, it looks like we got some breaking news here. Ellie says, uh, Mike, Jojo Diaz versus Ryan Garcia got mandated. What's your opinion about this? Good fight, but it sucks that they keep making eliminators and no one wants to fight Haney. I like that fight. Now, I do think that's a little bit of magic being worked by the people involved in that system. Uh, who, who promotes Jojo? Who promotes Ryan? Uh, who has a good cozy relationship with the WBC, um, the demographics involved in that whole thing, do the math on all that. I get why that could be mandated. I'm assuming it's BC, right? Am I wrong? But um, I like that fight. Do I want to see Ryan fight Haney? Yes, I do. Are they going to fight anytime soon? And this is something Steve Kim wrote about in his column recently as well. Uh, No, they're not. They're just not. So. <clears throat> it, you know, short of a fight like that between Garcia and Haney or, or Tiafima Lopez or Javante Davis, seeing him fight Joseph Diaz Jr., that's a good fight. And let me tell you, JoJo is a real live dog in that fight. A real live dog. Nacho says, Mike, you're not wrong when it comes to more fight of the year candidates in past years. But when so-called stars get paid millions to fight tomato cans, there's no incentive to fight big fights, unfortunately. Yeah, Nacho. Okay. Well, so now I feel like, uh, okay, so so I'm not wrong. I, I just feel like we were getting, especially with the little guys, they were all fighting each other, and we were getting just high-level stuff every year. Uh, and the top 10 fights of the year list, man, sometimes it was hard to pick a winner, you know? And now I feel like every year there's one fight that just really stands out because it's so better than the rest. And it's pretty clear to pick one, but in years past, man, I felt like that list was loaded. Now, may, again, maybe I'm wrong, but guys, I want to say there is a wiki page where you can just type in ring magazine fight of the year wiki, put that in your Google search and look, and I'm pretty sure that there is a wiki page. I shit. I guess I could do it right now. Why not the magic of, Live internet streaming. Let's see. Um, Ring Magazine Fight of the Year Wiki. Boom. Here we go. You know, we're going to do this right here live on the freaking show. Right on the fly. Who says I can't make adjustments on the fly? All right. So check this out, guys. Let's let's just do this. Now, we're not going back to the 1920s, but let's go back to. All right. Let's go back to the 2010s. I remember Secura. Calderon. I remember Ortiz Berto, Marquez Pacquiao. Come on, man. Bradley Provodnikov, Matisse Molina, Vargas Miura, Vargas Salido. Now, I'm lucky because I got to be ringside for a lot of these fights, man. 
So uh, maybe that makes me biased. That's why I'm talking to you guys about it. But Joshua Klitschko, Canelo versus Golovkin. Come on, man. Uh, Inouye versus Donaire. Yeah, man. I mean, now, look, last year is a Peta versus Baranchek. That was a freaking amazing fight. So, so I can't hate. That was an amazing fight. But what, what we can't see here on this list is like the top 10 candidates. I just look back at these, these fights, man, and the names attached to them. And I just feel like we had guys uh, putting it all out there. And we, we got so many of these high-level matchups all the time. Also, if you look at a lot of fights on this list, like go back to 2007, 2008, Vasquez Marquez, what do you see? You see guys fighting once, twice, three times, right? Gotti War, those were three fights. Uh, Morales Barrera, they fought several times. Um, Vasquez Marquez, I mentioned that. Uh, Marquez Diaz fought a couple times. Ortiz and Berto fought a couple times. Marquez Pacquiao, of course. Uh, Canelo Golovkin fought twice. So there's like little rivalries here. And those rivalries make for fights of the year. I, does anyone expect that? the third fight between Fury versus Wilder is going to be a fight of the year. Now, look, I'll eat my words. I, I hope for the sake of boxing that it is, but that's not the kind of rivalry that we saw with Alvarez and Triple G where those fights were really, really close and competitive, right? The second one, very, very, I, the first one was clear to me for Golovkin, but it was competitive, very, very highly level, uh, highly competitive. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm way off here. Anyway, Nacho, I, I'm with you, man. I feel like we got more of those kind of fights. Uh, anyway, okay, let's go to um, let's go to review. We don't have a whole hell of a lot to review, except well, let's see. Last week, Thursday, September 16, there was pro boxing. Sergey Bohacek and Ali Akhmadov uh, won uh, knockout wins in California, and. Um, there was a show in Atlanta that you may have heard of. Uh, I fought um, an amateur fight. And so it was three rounds, two bit of rounds. I've gone back and I've watched the tape in, uh, or the video. I don't know why I call it tape. And um, there are definitely a lot of mistakes I made. I was a little stiff early on. I will admit, guys, the weight of that event, which um, I was really, really surprised at the, uh, the response. Um, it, man, I felt it. And, you know, my fight was, um, I talked about this a little bit on my Friday video on my channel, so I won't go over the same details again, but, um, the, uh, being the main event and being the, the focal point of the card, the amateur portion, cause there was an amateur in the pro show being the focal point of that charity event, uh, and doing all the media work and stuff I did, I did not realize how much energy and focus and work that part of it takes. And I did so many interviews. Uh, I actually had offers. There was a, a guy over in the UK who wanted to interview me the day of the fight. And I was like, man, I, I considered it for a minute. And Tiffany, my wife was like, no, he wanted to interview me uh, at, the, at the time I was driving to the venue. I was like, nah, but I was tweeting that morning and that afternoon. Uh, Cause we weighed in and everything. And, you know, looking back now, I realized that took a lot of my focus off the fight. I, my head was not 100% focused on just fighting my opponent. And I've gone back and I've looked at the video and yeah, I dominated the fight. Couldn't have went much better. Although, you know, I did get clocked with a couple of right hands. Uh, I had my hands down. It was, I think there was like a subconscious part of me because of everything I was going through that wanted to take a big shot. 
I wanted to eat like a big ass right hand right up front and just be like, yeah, you can't hurt me. Cause I, I was feeling all this pain and emotion because I was fighting for my brother and I'm not getting front, man. There was, there was times during the day where I almost teared up like multiple times, including right there in the ring when uh, the national anthem was being sung by, uh, by the way, Franchon Cruz Desern, uh, who is a unified female world champion. She sang the national anthem and she actually gave me a lot of props after the fight. She goes, man, you got swag and you got, you got hands. You can, you can fight. And um, she gave me props. She tweeted about it. That was pretty cool, man. So thank you, champ. And you crushed the national anthem, by the way. But like, it was so moving. Like there's, I had to just get all those emotions in check. And it took like a round, round and a half for me to just like get into any kind of rhythm. Uh, but I, I settled in. I ended up hurting my opponent multiple times. The ref gave him three standing eight counts. And the one thing, like I like the standing eight count in the amateurs because you're protecting the fighters. But man, I had that dude hurt and all I needed one particular time. I remember where he was in the corner and I had landed a few shots and he almost, he turned sideways and backed into the corner. And I, um, my, the angle I had on him, I just touched him with a couple left hands and I was, there were throwaway punches, there were arm punches, but it was to get his hand, uh, his head looking at my left. I touched him like to the solar plex and then like a tap upstairs by then the ref was coming over. So I pulled back on the left hook upstairs, but what I was going to do was touch, touch, shift back and just unload a, a cannon right hand. And his hands were down at his waist and he was done. And that right hand would have sent him the next motherfucking week. But as I went to touch with that left hand, I saw the ref come up and I was like, shit. So I pulled back on the left hand and I still hit him with it, but it was like, you know, 20% power. And I went to the neutral corner or whatever. And I was right at the bell because uh, he gave him a standing eight as the 10 second uh, mark hit. So it, it, that would have been, if, if that would have been a pro fight or if the ref would have given me like two more seconds to work, shit, half a second is all I needed. I was literally going to, after it touched, uh, Jack Alter on the show actually tweeted the, vi the, the video of this very segment I'm, I'm talking about. So uh, Jack, if you call in, you could talk about this, but you guys can see it on Twitter. Um, but I was going to straight up touch with the left hand, get him looking at that, leave my left hand up there, pull back straight, right. That would have went right to the side of his chin with his hands down, his head to the side. And he was already busted up. That would have ended the show right then and there. So the standing eight counts in amateur boxing prevent knockouts from happening, but I guess that's good. The third round, I didn't realize how hurt he, he was at that point. And, um, I, I just kind of played with him and, just got rounds in at that point. I said, like, eh, let me just box and get rounds. And he kind of earned my respect because he he kept getting, you know, coming back and fighting back. So I was like, man, let me just show this dude some respect and let's just uh let's just go to distance. Anyway, I want to show you guys something for those of you who didn't see this uh Friday. But check this out, man. Check out the hardware son, WBC amateur champion belt, because uh they uh, sponsored this event and in the main event they put up this belt, but check it out. My brother Anthony right there uh, on the belt. How cool is that, man? Uh, that, that was just, this is, I mean, I'll, I'll cherish this. I just uh, all weekend kept kissing my brother's picture on that belt. And then there's another little one here. And on this belt, there's actually a picture of me and my brother. And um, so the WBC brought this belt uh, to give specifically to me. And, and this was for uh, just showing a love between two, bro two brothers and thanking me for my, my charity work. Um, 
that, you know, we did for this event. This other belt was for the main event. So anybody could win that. My brother's face was on it because he was kind of the focal point of the charity, you know, and, and in fact, I'm wearing a, a WBC cares t-shirt. They made these for all the fighters. And on the back, it says fighting for Anthony. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, they just, they really honored my brother. And so I just want to thank everybody at the BC uh, for that, because I, again, I've been critical of things that the WBC has done, certain moves I don't agree with and things like that, you know, all the title belts and all this. And they know that. And we've had our discussions and our back and forth, but props to them. Uh, they were willing to put business aside, you know, and this was something personal. This was, uh, you know, a personal matter for, for charity. And, and they knew my story and, and my family's story and everything. And they really stepped up. And so I have to give them tremendous credit. And I got, I, do, I have to say this guys, and you can go ahead and call me a shill, whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. Uh, this is just the truth. The WBC is the only sanctioned organization that has any weight management program, has any uh, performance enhancing drugs testing program. And I regularly go to amateur shows. Um, there was a master's tournament uh, last month here in, in Atlanta that I was supposed to fight in, but I tore my pectoral muscle. That's another thing I never even talked about with this. I went into this fight injured. I can barely, I, right now, I still can't lift my left hand uh, more than, I don't know, maybe 33 degrees above parallel. Maybe that's why I got hit with so many damn right hands, you think? <laughs> but um, I, anyway, at that master's tournament, there's WBC medals there, WBC titles for the main event winners. I've been to a lot of amateur shows um, around the country, including a lot of juniors, uh, you know, youth stuff. And I've seen the WBC there. So they, they do get involved at the community level, more so than any other organization I've seen. So they deserve credit for that. Does that, does that mean that I agree with all their moves? Does that mean I'm not going to criticize them in the future when they do things I disagree with? Of course not. I'm still going to do my job. They're still going to do what they do. But in this particular instance, we put all that shit aside and work together to help people. That's pretty damn cool. So they deserve props. All right. Rich in the chat says, Hey Mike, congratulations on your victory. Proud of you, brother. It takes a lot of courage to get in the ring and your brother is proud. It was awesome to see the fight. Thank you very, very much, Rich. Thank you so much. Uh, Sam is asking, what size gloves did you use? Had to use 16s, bro. And honestly, it really didn't make a difference. Um, I, I hurt the guy three times with headgear and 16s. Now, if we had 12s, would I have maybe got the knockout? No, because you still got the standing eight count. Uh, the only way the ref is going to stop the fight, this was the main event. I saw on the undercard, there were, I think, 10 fights total. He stopped several fights where the guy was far less hurt than my opponent was. But this was the main event. So the guy wanted to fight. His name was John Ochoa. He wanted to fight. He wanted to finish on his feet. And props to him. Uh, he showed mad heart in this fight. And he really was trying to win. He was trying to hit me as hard as he could. So I think the ref, you know, he won over the ref's respect. And he won over my respect. And so I don't know if the glove size made any difference. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Okay. We've got a few. Let's jump to some phone calls and then we're going to do the preview. Okay, guys. And um, I'm going to really, really break down this heavyweight fight because I'm excited for it. And it's been, a, I feel like it's been a while since there's been a fight that I've really been excited for. So let's, uh, let's keep these phone calls to a minimum. All right. We're going to keep them about five minutes a pop. All right. And then we're going to get to the preview. All right. Let's do it. 
let's see. I think this is Jack. Uh, 317, you're on the show. What's up? Hey, what's up, Mike? Yeah, you're right. Jack Alter. What up, babe? How you doing, man? Good. And uh, I want to take a moment. I know you said five minutes, but can I just tell everyone about like the atmosphere of your fight and stuff? Because like I said, I was there. Yeah. I was ringside there, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so it was really, really fun, dude. I had so much fucking fun. Like, not going to lie, I don't think I've ever been to a party in my life, but generally I just get like really excited. And when I went to this fight, dude, like I was so hyped. Like when you were hitting this dude, I was like, like it go by <laughs> and like whenever you hit him with any punch i was like oh shit oh shit oh shit like it was on my twitter if you guys that i haven't seen it like you said but um i remember going in to like the fight talking to people because there's a long line outside of the buckhead theater where he fought and i was just talking to people like which fight you coming to uh from and they're like or which fight are you coming to watch throughout the main event and i was like oh who's the guy in the main event uh, that you're watching and they're like his name's harley some badass guy and they're like i don't know who's fighting and then i'm like oh he's fighting this this dude michael montero he's montero's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fuck him up though <laughs> and just, just, <laughs> a random, just from random stranger <laughs> good times but like, you were like dude there was so the guy that i fought is from atlanta so like he had a lot of people there man i was surprised like when i got in the ring i'm like yeah. damn there's a lot of people here for him i was like the away fighter you know, uh, so, uh, yeah, because I could hear you a few times, Jack, which was fucking awesome, man. That was that was great. No, dude, it was, yeah, it was such a great experience. But I went in and, like, multiple people were saying they came in for the main event. Some guy named Harley, they're saying how tough he was. And, dude, I kind of got really nervous for you. I was like, dude, if you got, like, hurt, my heart would be, like, fucking broken. Like, dude, that would have been so bad for me to watch. But Dude, if that, like if he had knocked me out, what, what's up? if he had knocked me out, uh, there would be memes all over Twitter right now. There'd be people posting clips of it. There'd be photos of it. You know how people are, man. And I knew that coming in. So it was like, you know, I got to be careful and not make any stupid mistakes. I still wanted to take a couple of hard shots, but, um, and I did, you know, I, I, I think I showed a pretty good chin because I took a couple of hard shots. But every time that dude hit me with something, I cracked him right back with two or three. You know what I mean? <laughs> You want to know something hilarious? Okay, so Trey, Trey in the chat was there too, guys. I sat yeah. next to him and his, uh, yeah, uh, dude, he was great. And during like all the undercards, like, like all the undercard fights, I kept yelling, go to the body just for no reason. Oh, is that because oh, he just made fire. a comment? Jack, go to the body altar. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, no, but in your fight, dude, let me just say, guys, uh, Dude, he looked amazing. Like, uh, the fight should be online somewhere. Uh, if you haven't, uh, you can, like, uh, just, well, might. Is the fight online somewhere? I'm working I mean, on I it. I'm working on getting a, a copy of it. Um, I, the thing is, Jack, I fought so sloppy, dude. I could have fought so much better. But uh, all in all, I, I fought hit. okay. But I, I fought so sloppy. I was so pissed at myself. But it is what it is, man. Well, you're... Yeah, it was your first fight, so people hadn't really seen, like, you fight before, so you probably, well, after, like, right after the guy who's interviewing you, he was a great announcer, by the way, the announcer was great, he said, yeah. you sound like a writer, man, you started laughing, and I was like, he does sound like a writer, you're like, what do you think about your, he was like, what do you think about your victory, you're like, man, I was pretty sloppy, uh, <laughs> I got hit a lot, and then you were in there, and it was like, fucking Triple G versus Lemieux, like, 
I mean, if you guys don't know what I mean by that, it was domination. It was just a jab masterclass. And I was saying to myself, damn, this jab's really good. He actually ended up stunning the guy, if you guys didn't see with the jab. Uh, in yeah. round two, uh, he, I think he got two standing eight counts. But yeah. the only reason why this dude made it into the third round was because at the end of round two, he's actually saved by the bell. Yeah, uh, I talked about I that. Do that too. And the standing yeah, eight count. The standing eight count. And, the, man, if I would have had one more second, because when I was going to – Jack, I don't know if you remember, but I touched him with two left hands, like 50% power, just to put a left hand. I was going to shift back and unload a right to the side of his head. But the ref came over. I was like, shit. That, if I had gotten that right hand in, that would have been it right there. He was done. Dude, no, you look great. But, uh, yeah, Sam A said, did you notice the women's fight had three-minute rounds right after you and it made for a great – dude, yes. There was a women's fight right after mm. you with three-minute rounds. It yeah. Was the best women's fight I've ever seen before. Did, did you watch it? I saw part of it because I was doing so many interviews okay, after I, the fight. That's, but That's when I took pictures with you. Yeah. Yeah, you saw the end. That's when I was – yeah. But I know that but, uh, I know that girl, uh, Melody – Melody moved here from Brooklyn earlier this year. That was, I was ringside for her pro debut. That was her second pro fight. And she's in a division where there's not a lot of talent. So uh, she's going to move up real fast, real fast. Yeah. And I know you got other callers, so I'm going to, uh, that's enough about the fight. But uh, once Mike gets the fight up, because I know someone on Facebook posted it. If you need help downloading it, I can just download it. The, footage on facebook and send it to you so people can watch because the video that i saw of the full fight was much better footage than i got because i was just on the side of the ring you know just like kind of like right in front of the ring buckle or like the yeah the whatever yeah whatever you call it but uh yeah so um, there's a really good footage on facebook but one, one funny thing my friend said is after he got the wbc belt the two wc uh wbc belt he said uh, he said about the smaller one he was like Dude, that smaller WBC belt is more legitimate than Haney's, and I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was so funny. At least I got it in the ring. It wasn't it wasn't email. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I remember you saying like in the you were thinking about crying throughout the day, dude. That would have been so helpful just to let all your emotions out for the fight. Like I know I can't believe I'm comparing this to like you, but like Logan Paul against Floyd Mayweather. Like they showed like before, like Logan Paul was like bawling his eyes out in the locker room. Oh yeah, dude, that, that that probably would have been really. That probably would have been really good. If, like I realized that when I when I fight too, because I talked to Layman uh, Brewster, my former champion. He said he used to cry all the time before. Yeah, I know. Like, I know Layman did. Fights, like the locker room. They, yeah, like all these guys, like they don't show inside the locker room, but these guys are crying. Just, but dude, that would have been great. You to I, I know, like you can't say this, you know, on Neil Burks's Nut Rider on air. Okay, whatever. Uh, no, but dude, that actually it really does help. Like it really does, but yeah. I know you don't want to admit that. So, <laughs> nah, you know, <laughs> but, the no, thing dude, is, Jack, help, like, but... I don't know. Like, it, I thought maybe when the fight would be over, I'll, I'll admit this because, you know, I've been talking about this with my wife for, for weeks. Like, I still haven't cried, man. Like, I cried when my brother died, but that was it. And I thought maybe after this fight, like, everything would release. It just hasn't happened. It, it just like I, it almost did a couple times and then like it just didn't happen. So I don't know if I'm still holding on to something or what's going on. But um, yeah, I just that emotion, it, it, it's heavy, man. That burden is big. And uh, man, being the main event, I don't know if I want to do that again. That was, that was a lot of pressure, man. That was a lot of pressure. <clears throat> yeah, dude, it's like, dude, it's really bad. Like I said, I've 
uh, when I fought in, uh, I don't want to make this about me, but dude, it was so nerve wracking. I wish I cried before actually, because that would have made me feel a lot better. But uh, enough of enough of the fight. We all know you did amazing. You can say you did sloppy, but you you did great, bro. Thanks. Uh, but real quick, let's talk about uh, Joshua Usyk, and because you said to me, if Usyk wins, I get to go on your show an entire episode, and like you get to admit, hey Jack, you were right. Usyk won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give that to because you said Usyk's gonna knock him out, right? Yeah, dude. I just think okay. Joshua. Here's the thing: the styles and this doesn't work. Usyk is an extremely active fighter. He throws a lot of punches, and Joshua can't handle lots of punches. Be real. It, how is Joshua's gas tank? It's pretty bad. Would you admit he has a pretty yeah. bad gas? He's tank. got too much muscle on his frame. He's got too much muscle. Isan's yeah. a bold take, Jack. Very. No, Isan's on. What's up, Isan? <laughs> What's up, man? Um. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of controversy for that. Hey, man, sometimes you got to make a bold take. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, yo, Isan just made the point. Joshua's very slim now. Yeah, they're trying to cut off that muscle because I think they know they got to be more active in this fight and they're going to have to go rounds. I mean, that, that's a common thing you see with fighters. Like people talking about, oh, he looks slimmer in camp. But when the fight comes, it, it doesn't matter at all. So. But, you know, dude, I'm just saying style-wise, Joshua, he won't be able to come forward against Usyk because he'll just run out of – he'll run out of gas no matter what happens, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll see the fight. And I know you got other callers, bro. Yeah. So just remember what you, what, you, what you said. Usyk, just remember what you said. I'll come on the show if Usyk wins, okay? All right. I got you, man. I got you. Hell yeah, brother. All right. Take it easy, bro. All right. You too, man. Yeah, so Isan in the chat is asking, yeah, you can call in Isan. I'm taking some calls right now. And then uh, before I get to my fight preview. All right, let's grab another call here. Uh, this is this is uh, local Atlanta. Uh, 678. 678, you're on the show. Hey, Mike. Hey. Hey. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Quickly, since you're moving fast. Um, I don't know if you've seen the latest exchange between well not the latest the exchange between Devin Haney and Jojo Diaz on Twitter no well, it's kind of funny basically it went like this Devin Haney is like why are you chasing Ryan Garcia and I'm your mandatory the fight is here Jojo Diaz is like well well I'm your mandatory so you should go and send in that application you know you should work that out and Devin Haney is like I'm the champion. You send in your application and make the fight. And this this make me think that it, it's something that I've had in my head for a while. For some reason, I think these fighters, I'm, I'm not saying they're scared of Devin Haney. I don't think there's anything really about him to be scared of. But I think for some reason, they're avoiding him for some reason. Because even Rolly Romero was calling out his name. And Devin Haney, I don't know what's in him, why he's so confident. But he's ready to get the ball rolling in making these fights. And as soon as he did that, Floyd came out and saying, I can't force Rolly to fight Devin Haney. Yeah. So, could you give me your opinion? What's going on there with the 135 division? Because... By the looks of it on the surface, 
Every nanny doesn't care. He wants to get in the ring, but for some reason, they're making excuses of not fighting him. What do you think? Man, he's he's high risk, low reward. You know, I, look, I think none of these guys want to fight. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the ratings right now. Of course, Tiafima Lopez is the champ. You still got Lomachenko around. Garcia, Haney, Richard Comey still hanging around. Joseph Diaz Jr. Jorge Linares is pretty much at the end. Javier Fortuna is pretty much at the end. You got Cambosos who's fighting. Uh, but man, I would love to see these guys fight Haney, but He's again low risk, uh, or I'm sorry, high risk, low reward, and those fights just don't get made in boxing these days, brother. But, but, but the thing, Mike, you know, I'm not a fanboy of Devin Haney, I like all of them, mm-hmm. you know, but to me, just my opinion based on what I've seen, I think Devin Haney has a higher ceiling in terms of potential. Than most of them, like the Javante Davis, the the Tiofimo Lopez, Ryan Garcia. I agree. So I man. think it's best to fight him now and get the W in than because I don't know if you remember the Lenares fight when he won Lenares and he went to Lenares locker room and was like, yeah, he was like a student of boxing. He was like, who was my punch? And Lenares was like. Yeah, yeah, you punch. It, it, it's okay. It's good. And he was there saturating. Everything Lenaris was telling him about the fight and what he could do better, and he was such a student. And I really like seeing that from the young man. My only problem is his father talks too much, you yeah. know, putting pressure on him in the ring, saying he's going to knock out this guy and that guy. I don't think that's good, but I think he's on the right path, and they just better fight him now. Yeah, I think. Um... I'm with you, but that's, man, that's the frustration. I've already said this, man. If we, if we were in the 1980s, these dudes would have already all fought each other. That's the truth. Exactly. But we're not in that era anymore. So if I'm Haney, I'm just like trying field, to get in the ring with know? anybody. Yeah. They should be on their, like Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia should be like on their trilogy now. Everyone yeah. Everyone around the world should be about this. I agree, man. And here's here's the thing, bro. They got to do that in the amateurs. These guys fought several times in the amateurs. In the amateurs, you cannot hide. You have to fight top guys if you go to the nationals and you get into these international tournaments. But in the pros, it just don't work that way. And you know, it's hard to get straight answers. Well, who won? You know, more the most most of the fights because Haney says he won them. Garcia says he won them. But the truth is, they both won and lost some of them. If they would do that in the pros, if they fought three times, it really don't matter who wins and loses. Both of their brands would be elevated. That's what the guys used to do back in the day. They just don't do it now, man. They just don't. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I want to jump on one quick thing more before I jump off and give someone else a chance. I want to make my prediction for the Canelo um, um, Caleb Plant fight. I think Caleb Plant will lose. And it's based on the fights that he's had. It's similar to Bubu Andre. They are very good out of the start. And I think, for, to their credit, they have knocked down a couple guys in the first one to third round. One to three rounds, they have knocked down guys. But 
There's something I noticed with Tale Plant and Android, and I'm making the analogy because there's some similarity with them. The thing is that they let fighters back in the fight. These, mm. I would say, average, not so good as them fighters, and they made the fight so competitive with these guys when they could have closed the fight out or win convincingly. And if these guys are figuring them out, and these guys are so-called slick fighters, you know, you shouldn't be able to touch them, but they're getting touched up so much. I think based on that, Canelo will win. And it's not about them winning or losing. I'm looking how they fought those fighters. And if these fighters that are average are able to figure them out, Canelo is going to more than likely to figure them out. And for the fight with Caleb Plant, Canelo, I actually see Caleb Plant winning some of the first few rounds, like round one to three, I could see Caleb Plant winning some of those rounds because I, he's a good he's a good boxer, I should say. He's a good boxer, and I can see him outboxing Canelo for the first few rounds, giving him some problems. But when Canelo steps in and starts figuring him out, I don't think he will be able to adapt. Yeah. Same way he's not able to adapt with the other fighters that are not on Canelo's level. Yeah, I agree. I think Canelo might give away a round or two, the first round or two, just to kind of see what see what he's working with, and then he'll make adjustments and, and he'll blast. And I, I think that there's a real chance for Canelo to stop Plant late. The plant is just yeah. skilled enough, though, to maybe you know be, get defensive and go the distance. But I think the second half of the fight is going to be a domination by Canelo. That's just what I see. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. Canelo is definitely going to win. I don't know if it's going to be by a knockout or decision, but I, I, and moreover, I, I, I might get a lot of slack for this in the chat, but I think 160 to 168 is overrated. Um, Agreed. Canelo is good, yes, but these fighters, Iron Strong Net Iron, these fighters are not fighting each other. They don't want to fight anyone, and I just, think they're overrated similar to 135 that's my opinion thanks for giving me the platform thanks for calling in brother calling again man all right have a good one all right all right Uh, let's get a couple more real quick couple more couple more calls here 267 you're on the show what's up hey mike it's chris otto up in philly hey what's up chris how you doing man Hey, I'm doing all right. Um, I just got a few things on my mind. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on winning your fight. The uh, Dark Lotus ring walkout was a little surprise. <laughs> nice. I'm surprised. Yeah, you're the only one who uh, who knows who that was. Yeah. Um, but you know, you want to get boxing back on. You know, I will. I'm, I'm not saying I know the saving grace of the sport, but if you want to get it right back on the right track. You got to bring back those weekly cards that ESPN was having during when COVID first started. It was like almost every, what, once a week, every two weeks we were getting fights. Yeah, the bubble fights. Yeah. So so bring those back and not for nothing, and a lot of people are going to kill me for this, start giving more attention to the Paul brothers. Now hear me out. First and foremost, they respect the sport, regardless of what anyone says. Look at this last card. That Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Yeah, forget about that sideshow at the top. But come on, he showcased Amanda Serrano, 
uh, Daniel Dubois on a rebound fight, Tommy Fury. Both the brothers, they have respect for the sport. Even, mm-hmm. um, what's his brother's name? Logan Paul that fought Floyd. Floyd obviously respects him because if it was solely a money grab, he would have ended him quickly. Like he did the, uh, the Japanese guy out mm-hmm. in uh, the, the kickbox or whatever. Yeah. He ended it, what, one round? And he chose to go to distance with Logan Paul. So we obviously see something with them. Hmm. That's so, a good point. That's I a real good point. You don't have you don't have to become fans, but trust me, these kids actually respect the sport. And if you still got hate for Jake Paul, you're probably just mad he's been more active than your favorite fighter in the last what year and a half, two years. That's another good point. And then another thing I wanted to say with this whole Holyfield and the Riddick Bow and that sideshow. I think everyone is pointing the blame at the wrong people. The commission is like the last resort. How come no one's pointing fingers at these people's family members, their personal like managers that get them involved with these deals? None of the all these people are okaying these fights, and seeing that they have the cognitive function of a toddler, but they're still saying, "Okay, do it, get money." Like, come on, you're a manager. Your job is to find better outlets for these guys to make money if they're really hurting that bad yeah i'm with you brother and then yeah yeah but i i blame the families and i blame the the personal team the fact that it got to the commission is everyone else is okay everyone else is okay with it and everyone wants to blame the commission that's that's the last resort well that's chris chris everybody wants to blame somebody else the family members know they can blame the commission the commission knows they can blame the network. The network knows they can blame the sanctioning body. Everyone has a finger to point somewhere. They're all guilty, in my opinion. Everybody. And look, even my colleagues in the media yeah. that will go travel to that event, cover it, monetize it, make their $1,000 at, on the trip, then shit all over it later and be like, oh, this was an atrocity. I can't believe they allowed this. You fucking traveled there and covered the event. You know, so I'm going to hold out my colleagues accountable on that one. Everyone's everyone's guilty. Yeah, it, it's a shame, especially when you look at um, Riddick and you look at Evander like, come on, man, you're really yeah. going to do this to these guys. Let's protect these guys. Man. And yeah, absolutely. And then last but not least, I got you six uh, round 10 knockout over Anthony Joshua. Wow. Joshua can't handle punches and bunches like uh, what was it? Jake Alter said. He can't handle punches and bunches. That's how um, he ended up getting knocked out by Andy Ruiz. Punches and bunches. One-two combo. All right. Well, uh, you and Jack got the same prediction. So if, if if that ends up happening, then you guys are on the show next week. So uh, oh, I get this. I, I get to come on the show, too. Okay. Well, I mean, you're making the same prediction. Now, I mean, Jack, to Jack's credit, Jack made it a long time ago. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Well, you know, I mean because that's a bold pick man no one's picking that no one's picking Usyk by knockout some people are saying decision but i haven't heard anyone say Usyk knockout so if that happens then you guys you guys gotta at least get a segment on here and uh be able to talk shit to me and tell me how dumb i am and how wrong i was (laughs) well real real quick before i jump off okay this is is not what i saw envisioned i originally saw tyson fury becoming unified champion stopping anthony joshua or ruiz i think it was before their second fight mm. and um tyson fury become the overall unified guy and then you being the guy that boom is the first guy that takes everything from him okay 
that's the route I originally envisioned. But yeah, Usyk, Usyk knockout in 10. All right. Yeah, on the record, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. Have a good one, bro. All right, we got a couple more guys. Let's fly through these. Let's fly through these because so we could get to the fight preview, okay? Um, Nacho, Nacho, you're on the show. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Mike? Sure, um, just real quick, I mean, we kind of we talked about it the other day. Um, I kind of put my prediction in. I just think that uh, I think Joshua's going to win the fight um, later in the fight, though. I think it's going to be close um, the first half. But I think eventually um, Joshua is going to impose his size and his uh, his strength on uh, on Usyk. Um, and it's like someone said, um, I think they made the decision consciously to kind of slim him down and and you know take some of that muscle off of his frame because yeah. they know that Usyk isn't going to stand there and trade with him, so they're going to have to go after him. So I think they're going to figure out a way to <clears throat> to basically. Uh, have Joshua have enough uh, gas in the tank in order to go after him, especially in the late round. Um, and I think he's going to give him a tough fight, but I, I still think that Joshua eventually wins the fight, um, probably late, um, probably like in 10 or 11, I think he, he ends up winning the fight. Um, just kind of really quick, because I know that uh, you said you got some other people on. Um, I don't know if you've seen that... Uh, Triller is now moving the Lopez fight again, possibly to yeah. October 16th. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. I'm just like, at this point, it's like, what are these guys doing? Like, I mean, come on, how many more times are you going to move this fight? Like, you would think they just want to get the event over with and move on. Like, at this point, it just seems like everyone is just kind of dragging their feet, trying to, quote-unquote, maximize the, the money they can make off of it. But at this point, you're hurting you're hurting the fight more than you're helping it by constantly making all these changes and like doing all these different things. Like they just need to get it, get it uh, done and over with at this point. Like I, I don't see how um, Lopez ever comes back and deals with Triller after this whole situation, the way it's gone and how they've gone back and forth over a bunch of different things. So I'd, re- they, man, I'd reverse that. It, uh, Nacho, I'd revert. I don't know how Triller comes back and deals with Lopez getting COVID and, and every and you know, I don't think they're going to make any money on this. I would just look at this as like a, a welcome to boxing to, for Triller, like welcome to professional boxing because they have no idea what they're getting yeah. into. They just have no idea. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, they 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 basically walked walked into this without any real guidance or anybody right. who really knew the business thinking exactly. that they were just going to be able to slap events together and make money. And now they're, they're finding out the hard way that it, if you're not careful, it could bite you in the ass. And that's what it looks like has happened with this whole uh, fiasco with Lopez. And that's why I think Lopez ran back to top rank because he knew that yep. everything that happened with them, he was like, yeah, there, there goes my opportunity to possibly walk away from them and, and do something on my own. So I think that's why he went back to them, but you know, it is, it is what it is with that one. Um, and then, uh, uh, really quick, man, the one thing, cause somebody brought it up right now about Fury, Mike, we're less than three weeks from that fight. And there is literally zero media attention or yeah. anything as far as that fight is concerned. Like no one is talking about it. And that fight is in less than three weeks. That's it's what I'm crazy saying. To me man. How nobody is talking about that fight, and 
I mean, yeah, I think that's an indictment right now of where we're at in the sport in that, you know, a fight that's supposed to be a big fight is getting zero attention right now. And I just think it's a, it's a horrible look and it sucks because like that, that fight should be getting more press and more coverage, but it seems like almost nobody cares at this point. It's like, everybody just wants to, you know, get it done and move on. Like that's, that's, that's what it feels like. It's, Mm -hmm. it's sad. Like right now, boxing, boxing is in a weird, like twilight zone type state. It's really bizarre. Like you got guys who have no business being in the ring getting all this media coverage and, and, and then people are shocked when, you know, they look horrible and they're getting possibly getting beat up. And it's like, well, you knew what you were getting. Like, mm-hmm. come on now. Like you can't sit there and act like you're shocked after, you know, after the fact that doesn't make any sense. And then guys like, you know, that are in their prime and they're supposed to be fighting each other. They're more likely to, to fight on social media than they are in the ring. Yeah. So I Pretty don't know. Much. It's just, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs right now, Mike, but hopefully this weekend with Joshua and Usyk, it kind of starts to turn that trend of like, like you said, with all these fights that are scheduled the last few months of the year, maybe it ends, ends up being a better year than what it's been so far. So I hope uh, so. Yeah. All right, Mike, that's my call. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good <laughs> right, one, man. Nacho. Yeah. You too. Yeah, I mean, Nacho brings up, again, I, I I talked about it earlier, man, when I was talking about Al Bernstein's response to me. Like, I, I get Al playing the company man role and all that, but anyone who, who just tries to pretend that this has been, like, some great year in boxing, like, what the fuck are you smoking? I <clears throat> support boxing more than anyone. I mean, I, I or defend it more than anyone. I, I'm that guy that will always defend this sport. But let's let's be honest guys we we have to be honest we have to stop lying to ourselves uh since covid covid really exposed some big big issues in the sport right now because it's so fragmented that we're kind of hiding a little bit or we were just kind of like ignoring it myself included but the 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 ground that ufc has gained on boxing specifically since the COVID pandemic and lockdowns and return from the lockdowns, it is undeniable, undeniable that UFC has gained significant ground and boxing has lost significant ground here in the United States. Uh, And that was happening. There was a slow trickle of that happening, but boxing was doing pretty good for a couple of years, 2017, 2018, uh, beating out UFC in a lot of ways. Uh, not that this is about boxing versus UFC, but I'm just saying they're both combat sports. And some of the the decisions that the people in charge of UFC have made are just way smarter and way better. And the product has been better for those fans more consistently since the COVID pandemic. And I don't know how anybody in the boxing industry can deny that. Now, I'm not trying to pull a Teddy Atlas and shit on boxing and say UFC is great. They have plenty of problems over there and there's a lot of things that boxing does much much better but let's be honest has the product in the last 18 months been anywhere near where it was just five years ago if you say yes you're fucking lying to yourself you're lying to yourself and for aldis to tweet what he tweeted that's why i responded and by the way he didn't respond to my response because he knows i'm right he knows i'm right but anyway it is what it is, as Nacho said. Uh, Turin Falk with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, my brother. He says, 
I am calling a draw. Usyk Joshua. Now that's interesting. That would be, and that would fit in just perfect with boxing in 2021, bro. Because uh, what Charlo Castagna was a draw. We've had a couple of draws in big fights. Um, what if, what if there, there was a fight where most people felt Usyk won, but it ends up being a draw, similar to a Golovkin Canelo one scenario, like a 116, 112 that ends up being a draw with one terrible scorecard. Could you imagine if we had something like that happen? Oh my God, that would just be terrible, but it could happen. God, I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> I really hope. All right, a couple more calls, guys. Let's keep these super duper quick. Two more, and then we're going to do the fight preview. I promise. All right, two more. All right, I think this is Isan. Isan, what's up, bro? What's going on? What's Been up, while, man? man? Long time no talk, man. I know. It's because it's because Mondays and Fridays are like some of the biggest times for classes. That's why. Ah. I, I always listen, but I'm in class, like doing work, so it's hard to look at that. Gotcha. Congrats on the win, though. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, yeah, I I know you gotta make this quick. So, um, I was gonna say, I think for AJ Usyk, I think some people are like, um, they're leaning a little bit too much one side when it comes to this fight. I think AJ should be the favorite, regardless. Should be the favorite because you know Usyk hasn't looked crazy at heavyweight, but he does have some abilities that can trouble AJ. But I think now that AJ's trimmed down. I think it kind of helps Usyk a little bit because AJ won't be able to, like, just bulldoze him over. You know what I mean? Mm. And I know even though he's from down, his stamina will be a little bit better, but he's still going to be gassing out late in the fight. And, you know, Usyk's cardio is ridiculous. So I think Usyk's best bet is to try to box for a couple of rounds, get some flurries in. Because he's in Josh's hometown, too. So you know how that goes anyway. So he should yeah. don't, don't pull a Loma. Don't, don't pull a Loma and not do anything for the first couple of rounds. Just... Be weary that, you know, the second half of the fight, it's going to get a little bit easier for you. So, you know, keep some energy that way you can. Because if he can, I think if um, if Usyk can make it to the second part of the um, fight and he can start landing combinations, which he, I think he will, I can see him. I It's not, it would not, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he got, like, a late stoppage off of an accumulation of damage type of thing. Only because you he doesn't have crazy power. Even at Cruiserweight, he didn't. Right. But the fact that if you hit a guy, you make him miss so much, and you're hitting him so much, it can make him mentally um, capitulate. So I can yeah. see a scenario where, like, yeah, you know, AJ, AJ's tired, he's missing a bunch of punches, and Usyk, you know, he's going to be fresh still, probably, and he starts landing a bunch of combinations. That I mean, look what happened to Tony, you know? Late in the fight, Usyk, he, he had his gas still going, and Tony was tired, and he was lined him up, and boom, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I'm even, I'm, I, I feel like AJ should win, so that's kind of my prediction, AJ by decision. But I'm, I just turned 21, so I'm trying to find one of those uh, betting apps or whatever. I'm trying to put like 50 bucks on Usyk just in case. I'm like, I, I want him to win. I think there's a chance he can win, so I'll, I'll put like 50 bucks on him to see what happens. 50 bucks, it it's not bad. I feel if I'm winning. It wouldn't really surprise me, honestly. I think and I think that's a fight where anything there's a bunch of scenarios that can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think AJ's gonna stop him though. I don't know. I don't think he's gonna stop him. Cause it looks like he's not trying to go for a knockout, you know what I mean? Like he's, that's not what he's preparing to do. He knows he's gotta go rounds. He definitely gotta go rounds. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, that's a fight I've been thinking about forever, and I just can't think of like a, a, a definite answer. I, I really can't. I don't know. That's why I'm so excited for it, though. Those are the fights that right. you, know, you want to see more. You know, exactly. Unlike this uh, last year, but yeah, um, I, I, um, this last thing I want to say, like, uh, Theo, Theo really messed himself up, dude. Because for the whole Chiller thing, I get he's making a lot of money, but he's only taking home like what, like three, um, three million, probably like yeah, probably like two and a half after everything. So it's like, dude, with the amount of time you missed the whole year, you could have fought twice and made more than that money. Granted, Agreed. This is only a mandatory fight. He could have fought this. He could have got yeah. this fight out of the way early this year and had a big fight uh, in the fall. He really could have. Yeah, exactly. It's, he kind of he kind of hustled backwards, kind of. You know, I I get it. Like you know, I would I would take the damn money too. But it's kind of like he kind of shot himself in the foot dealing with these people. Because now look at now look at what happened. I just feel like he, he literally lost the whole year on this simple last fight that should have been done in like March April when it was originally planned. It just it just sucks to see because, you know, Tio has most of the belts at lightweight, so he's kind of holding the division. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's the same, that's the same issue with um, 160. Like, one of the callers before said 160 and 168 are, like, uh, overrated. It's true because they, the guys weren't fighting each other. Like, everybody's missing, it seems like. Yeah, man, 68, they all want the Canelo sweepstakes or now the Golovkin sweepstakes. It's just really annoying, man. It's like if you guys would all just fight each other, you'd build your own brand and we wouldn't have this problem. But that's just where we're at, man. And it's it, everybody involved in the business is allowing this shit to happen. It's it's like everybody carries some blame to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, like I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, Triple G Murata is going to be a fucking amazing fight. It really is. It's, it's going to be a... I've, I've wanted that fight for years because I know it's going to be a damn good fight. But the problem is that, like, you both sat out this whole year. At yep. least have a, a freaking tune-up, God's sake. Like, with Golovkin, my biggest criticism is, dude, you really could have fought Boo Boo this whole time. Like, he really could have. He could have fought Boo Boo early in the year, probably would have won, in my opinion, and then you go go get the big payday with Murata. And it's like the excuse of high-risk, low-reward of Boo Boo doesn't make sense because the zone's putting up the money for him. You know what I mean? A few years ago, I understood it when the zone wasn't involved, but now it's like, dude, you just you look you look really bad. You you're basically becoming what you hated when you were coming up. And I know that's how the world works usually, but still, it just sucks to see, you know, because he used to be so active, and now yeah. he's kind of like the biggest name out with sixty, and he's got a title too. So it's like you shouldn't. The champion should be the last one taking a whole year off. I completely agree, and it's it you know as a guy that was there. <clears throat> during his whole buildup, you know, like I talk about being at that first press conference. Uh, I can't remember which which fight it was, but there was a Glovekin press conference where he barely spoke English, and there was maybe a dozen people there. To go from that to those Canelo fights, you know, where there was thousands of people, um, it was just crazy to see that 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 growth that he became this star. And now it's just kind of like died. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, you know, and. Um, it's kind of sad, man, but that's that's the way it works, bro. It's just the way it works. Yeah, that's that's not that's just something. So I mean, I mean, it's gonna be good to see him back in the ring and stuff. And hopefully, you know, hopefully next year he fights, you know, another top guy. Like it just mm. should be brutal, man. There's no reason that's gonna if he doesn't fight him, man, it's, it's gonna it's gonna ruin his legacy for real. Because he he could use that win. That would probably be his best win. Two division champion undefeated. I mean. He, he could use that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, but um, thanks for taking my call, and I'll try to call in uh, next week or on Friday again. All right, man. Have a good one, Isan. We're going to get a fight party for Usyk Joshua? We'll see. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to... Every big fight, I gotta ask you. I always gotta ask. I know, like I, I want to. I just, you know, it's gonna be early, and maybe, maybe, because I, I can actually have a drink right now, so maybe I should. Uh, I'll let you know, man. Oh yeah, true. All right, thanks, man. Uh, congratulations again. Stay safe, Mike. Thanks a lot, brother. All right, guys, we're gonna take <clears throat> one more call. This caller's been on hold for over twenty minutes, and then I gotta get to this fight preview. We're, we're running at an hour and a half, so one more, okay? And let's keep this quick. And then I'll let you guys know how I see this fight playing out this weekend. Um, five seven zero, you're on the show. What's going on? Yo, Mike, uh, I want to help out some of the betters that are saying they want to bet you sick. Now, you're gonna bet who you're gonna bet. If you're gonna bet you sick for fifty bucks, don't bet them straight up. Bet them twenty five by decision on on Fox Sports Bet. You can get plus four hundred fifty odds for you sick to win by decision. And plus 600 odds for him to win by knockout. So it makes a lot more sense to put 25 on each than 50 on plus 200. Okay. So let's just start there. As for the, uh, the you said on Fox, Fox sports, about this Fox sports bet. Yeah. Fox bet, Fox sports bet, Fox sports bet. Yeah. They have a special, yeah, you'll get plus 450 for Usyk by decision, which is really, um, like I, I said to you earlier, a couple months ago, I can't see, you know, the British board having judges that are going to give Usyk this fight. Uh, yeah, Tyrone Falk, I believe his name is. He said draw, and that's odds that I took too, plus twenty two hundred on a draw. You put ten Damn. bucks down, okay? Plus twenty two hundred, you'll make good money. Put a hundred bucks, yeah. Plus, if you put a hundred hundred bucks down, you'll win twenty two hundred. Yeah, if you, if you win, put ten bucks down, you win two twenty. But um, but those are the odds. I mean, you're 22 to 1 on whatever you bet for a draw, which is very logical in this fight because, like I said, I don't see the judges giving the fight to Usyk unless he dominates 12 rounds. Hmm. Every screen round is going to go AJ's way. Now, Usyk, his, he has uh, Lomachenko's father as, uh, as help for this fight. They take away their opponent's best punch. Let me ask you, what is Joshua's best punch? In your opinion, he has a nice right uppercut at mid range. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's it, right there. That's his best punch. That's that's exactly what they're looking at. It's it's tough to get around, but he also has a decent left hook. Mm-hmm. His job will be neutralized because Usyk is amazing on his feet. He's going to shift him, and Joshua has bad bad feet, and that's where the fight's going to be won and or lost. And. Uh, I don't see you, um, Joshua being able to land clean on Usyk. If he stayed with his normal 255-pound frame, he could have bullied him a little bit and, and laid on him, but now he's coming in lighter, which is going to play right into Usyk's hands. And I see a fight where Usyk's going to make him look silly. I think uh, J- Joshua's going to land a few shots. And I see the judges uh, screwing Usyk. And there's also a great prop bet. Plus eight, uh, you're also getting eighteen to one odds that the the referee will deduct the point from music. I see uh, the referee getting overly involved in this fight. I would bet also that prop eighteen to one odds. Put ten bucks down, you win one hundred and eighty. Okay, so I see some fishy stuff, and it stinks to have to say this, but I've seen this play out over and over and over again. 
And let, let me go back to the 80s here with Holyfield. When he moved up to, to, uh, from cruiser to heavyweight, he didn't look great against uh, uh, you know, a, a shop-worn Michael Dokes. Dokes had him rocked. But as you know, Holyfield, he always comes back. It was a struggle. That was a, that was a 50-50 fight going in around 10. He struggled with Alex Stewart, who hadn't fought anybody. He was 25 and 0, 25 KOs. He had Holyfield rocked in round five. Holyfield cut him, and they stopped the fight on cuts. Nobody was giving Holyfield any respect going into the Douglas fight. Douglas came in out of shape, yeah. and that was, that was his undoing. If that fight went to decision, there's no way in hell Holyfield would have gotten that decision because Steve Wynn invested so much money in Buster Douglas, he almost went bankrupt because of that. Mm. That's what you have here with AJ. You have mm. a lot of people invested in him. You have the boxing establishment backing AJ. Usyk has to go for the knockout, and he has to do it late. So another prop bet would be Usyk to stop AJ late on a barrage of punches. Now, you're going to have to have him out on his feet because no referee is going to stop the fight unless he has cause because they're protecting AJ. But that's another prop bet you're going to get great odds on. I'm talking big-time money, like plus two, two, yeah, yeah, 25 to one, I think, for Usyk to win by stoppage in the last three rounds. So you got a lot of value here. Me, I'm going Joshua by decision at plus um, uh, plus three thirty for every hundred you bet. So you get three to one odds on your hundred dollar bet there. I just I just see the judges siding with AJ. It okay. stinks to say, but I've seen it with Golovkin versus Canelo. I've seen it with yep. Ward versus Kovalev. Kovalev beat Ward. You know, this is the the state of boxing, and. Uh, I know I've said it many times. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong here. But uh, the establishment, I mean, that's what pays the bills of boxing. And uh, one last thing, Al Bernstein's off his rocker. I think he's seen now. Because this is the most horrible year. I said to Rick, Rick Laser, I said, this is the worst boxing year I've remembered in 30-some years. So, yeah, I, Al so was I'll, I'll, off that day. He was just not having a good day. <clears throat> Not having a good day at all. So yeah, he could do. He's not doing himself any favors uh, by making those comments. But uh, hey, I hope I'm wrong about this weekend. I hope it's a legit decision. I hope they don't screw Usyk. And uh, I see him. I see him outboxing AJ. I really do. I, I think he makes him look silly. But again, AJ, you know, he he has looked good in a few fights, but he's never fought a southpaw with this kind of movement. Which brings me to one last thing. Otto Valine versus Gillian White. Oh, yeah. Love this fight. Love Otto, Otto Valine by decision. Again, that's another fight he makes. Uh, Dylan White looks, looks stupid. That's another banana peel for Dylan White. I think he goes the way of the dodo after this fight. I hmm. think uh, Valine is extremely underrated. That's a fight I'm betting big. So I'll get like five, 500 on that fight. So for all the betters out there, be smart. Look at the op- options you have before betting the fight. You get better options when you're betting the props by knockout or decision or whatever. Just split your money up and, and take the profit. Good stuff, right, Dad. So I'll be looking forward to hear what you have to say. All, All right, right, man. Good Thank stuff, you. bro. There he Bye. goes. Man, that was good betting advice. I, I'm not a better, but if I was, I think that he was spot on there. Thad was spot on, guys. All right. Um, let's do the fight preview. All right, an hour 30 in. Uh, Wednesday, there's actually a title fight in Japan. Uh, Wednesday, September 22nd, Kenshiro Taraji, who is our number one rated contender at ring, 
at uh, at junior flyweight or 108 pounds, is defending his 108 pound title in Japan. This is his ninth title defense. He won the title back in 2017. Um, I he should win this fight. The guy is going up against. It's just a showcase fight. But I'd like to see him in a unification fight with our champ at 108 at ring, our ring champ, Hiroto Kaoguchi. That would be a fun little guy fight. I'd really like to see that. But the big, big fight this weekend, of course, Saturday, September 25. Um, that same day in Madrid, Sergio Martinez is fighting. You heard me right. Talk about another guy that just shouldn't be in the freaking ring. At least it's only his knee that's broken and not his brain that's that's damaged like some other guys who are about to fight but uh i you know why is sergio martinez fighting i hope it's a farewell fight do one sexy sergio and then walk away did i say sexy Ooh, strike that okay <laughs> all right matchroom on the zone tottingham hotspur stadium in tottenham london uh anthony joshua defending his ibf wba and wbo titles against alexander usik we'll talk about that in a second real quick undercard action lawrence okoli the first defense of his WBO cruiserweight title against a uh, Montenegrin fighter, uh, Dilan Prosovic, 15 and 0. Prosovic is Okoli is 16 and 0. But like other Montenegro fighters we've seen recently, the record there for Prosovic, not very good. So I like Okoli big in this fight. Uh, I think he'll go to 17 and 0 in this one. Also, Callum Smith and Campbell Hatton, a couple notables on the undercard. Quick fact about Lawrence Okoli, who is a 200-pound world title holder. He is taller and has a longer reach than one of the fighters in the main event. Can you guess which one? Yes. Alexander Usyk, uh, the Ukrainian, is six foot three with a 78-inch reach. Okoli is six foot five with an 82-inch reach. Now, I think to add an inch height-wise, he's really more of a 6'4, but he's taller and longer than Usyk. Okay. And I mentioned that because when it comes to this main event, guys, I just, I'm not going to get over the, 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 the old adage size matters and it's going to play a factor in this fight. There's several things that matter here. Our last caller Thad alluded to a couple of them, but several of you guys in the chat have too. several callers have Anthony Joshua, six foot six, 82 inch reach. It's crazy to me that AJ and Okoli have the same reach. It's crazy. And about 50 pounds separate them naturally. Anyway, uh, Joshua, six foot six, 82 inch reach. A natural, because of so, all the weightlifting and everything that he did when he was younger, he's, he walks around about 250 pounds. He's a massive human being. Uh, a lot of muscle on that frame. 31 years old. People are forgetting, man. AJ's 31. Who's 634? Okay. And in that 34 years, Usyk has taken more wear and tear in his body. Look at how many amateur fights he had, how many high-level international amateur tournaments he fought in compared to AJ, right? So this guy, a lot more wear and tear on those tires. He's been fat fighting naturally larger men, bulking up, and that's where some of these injuries have occurred in the last couple of years since he's moved up to heavyweight. So he's a few years older, a few inches shorter, uh, not just height, but his, his length. His his arm uh, arm length and his his reach is shorter, and again I, I've talked about this before, and this is something that a lot of people in the boxing business just for some reason this flies under the radar. The most difficult move is cruiserweight to heavyweight. Okay, when you move from flyweight to bantamweight, that's six pounds. 
for a 112 pound guy to gain six pounds to go to 118, that is significant. Okay, six pounds on a 112 pound frame, that's a lot of weight. But I've done the math and I've talked about this before on my show. 200 pounds to 250, the difference there, guys, that's 25%. And if you're Usyk, who will come in around 225 or something, okay, he has gained about 12 to 13% of his bot, his natural body mass index. He has bulked up unnaturally to fight at where he fights right now. And he's fighting a guy that is 25% heavier naturally than his natural best weight. Those are significant numbers. Okay. If you go down the weight scale it, it, with these other divisions moving up, it's usually about three to 4% of your body mass index that you bulk up to move up in weight. And it goes up a little higher. It gets up to like six or 7%. I think by the time you get to like uh, 175 up, up around there, but going from 75 to 200 is really tough. That's a 25 pound gain. And then from cruiserweight to, uh, to heavyweight, that's another tough one. Those are the hardest moves to make in boxing. And I know pound for pound heavyweights are not as skilled as the lighter weights. So there's that factor, but I'm just talking about in terms of natural strength. Okay. And that's why I got so much respect. You know, one guy who really, a couple guys that fall under the radar, Chris Bird just does not get enough respect. He is criminally underrated for the amount of weight that guy put on and fought both Klitschko brothers. He fought Vlad twice, you know, in their primes. I mean, that dude does not get the credit he deserves. But another one, Tomas Adamek. This guy had a title at 175 before he became the undisputed cruiserweight champion and then moves up to heavyweight and fought Vitaly Klitschko. Uh, th those guys, and there's a, there's a couple more I could name, but those two guys stand out in my mind. They do not get enough credit uh, for Usyk. I just think the size difference is too much of a factor here. Also, there is the business of boxing thing here that Fad alluded to. And again, several of you guys have. Um, we've just seen it too much in recent times. We, and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and dump all over. This, this has nothing to do with UK boxing or specifically matchroom boxing. This is a global thing in the sport. Okay. But you have a situation here where the establishment fighter clearly is Anthony Joshua and the outside outsider fighter is Usyk. And if there are several times we could point several fights, we could point to a recent years where they were very highly competitive fights, right? It's not like these were blowouts. These were close fights. Kovalev Ward, a very, very close fight. Uh, both of the Canelo Golovkin fights I talked about earlier. Highly competitive, okay? The second one was very close. The first one wasn't as close, but still, it, it, it was a competitive fight. Um, and there's other ones that I can point to in recent years where they've been competitive. And if it's close and competitive, those swing rounds tend to go to the establishment fighter. So can Usyk legitimately hurt Joshua? One thing, can Usyk go to the body? Can he? Uh, one of you guys brought up Lomachenko versus Linares. That's an interesting example because Lomachenko got the stoppage of that fight against a much naturally larger, naturally stronger man by going to the body. Is that something that Usyk can do in this fight? 
Could he land a significant body punch that forces Joshua to retreat, fold over, give Usyk an angle where he could follow up upstairs? It's possible. Would I be blown away? Would I be absolutely shocked if Usyk wins this fight? Absolutely not. I think Usyk's a, a damn good fighter. But based on everything I've told you guys, there's the natural part of this, natural size and strength, okay? And that's a clear advantage for Joshua. And then there's the establishment business piece of this. And it is a clear advantage for Joshua. So Usyk is fighting a mountain. He's not climbing uphill here, guys. He's climbing a mountain. This is Mount Everest. And I say all this understanding and admitting that I still think he might be able to do this, but my official prediction is Anthony Joshua by decision, okay? And I could even see Joshua scoring a late stoppage in this fight. For the record, I think Anthony Joshua is very underrated by many American fans. He has shown versatility in the ability to box backing up. He has shown some, some quality mid-range inside fighting tactics. He's not great on the inside. I'm not trying to say that. But he's better than a lot of heavyweights on the inside. And he can push you off and land that right uppercut. If he can get inside on you, move you where he wants you, push off with the left forearm and sneak that uppercut in, uh, he, you know he's going to score with that punch in this fight. Now, if he sits back and tries to just jab, jab, right hand, yeah, Usyk can chop him up. But I think there are going to be moments in this fight where it's going to get in the mid-range, it's going to get inside, and that's where Joshua is going to be allowed to bully him. Those of you who have been around for a while, um, you know, you probably saw when uh, Ricky Hatton fought Kostya Zhu. That was in England, okay? Similarities in that matchup to this matchup. Several similarities I could point to, where you had a fighter of Eastern European heritage fighting a very popular British fighter in the UK, right? And Hatton fought very dirty in that fight. And I'm not taking anything away from him, but very, very dirty in that fight. And he was allowed to get away with certain things in that fight that had that fight taken place somewhere else, probably wouldn't have got away with it. Now, would it have had any out difference in the outcome of the fight? Who knows? Who knows? We can only speculate. But there may be a moment in this fight if I had to guess, if I had to predict, there's going to be a moment somewhere in this fight where there's some roughhouse tactics. There's something nasty going on in the inside. Um, there's pushing, shoving, forearms, something that changes the dynamic of the fight that fans will be upset about. I, I just feel that that kind of thing happening. Um, perhaps it's the ref as Thad alluded to, taking a point from Usyk undeservingly or getting too involved, right? When he's having a moment, getting too involved. Maybe he does land a good body shot and the ref jumps in and says, that's a borderline low shot, keep him up, right? And halts the momentum, something like that. Or maybe uh, maybe Joshua does get in on the inside and uses the forearm to push uh, Usyk's head up and then lands an uppercut or a shot to the side of the head, something like that. And the ref allows that to go. Uh, there's going to be something like that in this fight that changes the momentum. And if these two guys were the same size, it wouldn't make that much of a difference. But because Joshua is so much bigger, I think it will make a difference. And you're going to see the body language of the fight change. And I think in the later rounds, uh, Joshua is going to have moments. I know a lot of people are questioning his stamina here. Um, and it, it, 
it makes sense. I understand. But I just think that there's going to be, he has certain protections in this fight that will serve him and, um, and, and advantages that will serve him. Uh, all things being equal, if these two are the same size, Usyk wins this fight running away. I truly believe that. But because of all the intangibles, I'm going Joshua by unanimous decision, possible late stoppage in this fight. Um, that's the way I see it. Okay, so I am on the record. That is my official prediction. Awesome freaking calls today, guys. Great show. Once again, for those of you who are on the show late, check that out. Check out my bell, baby. Oh, WBC amateur champion. What's up? What's up? What's up? Who wants to come uh, challenge for this, huh? Only if I'm getting them Trilla dollars, baby. All right. Guys, have a good one. Uh, we'll do it again Friday uh, after the weigh-in. We'll talk about it. All right. And we'll, we'll preview the fight one last time on my channel. All right. I love you guys. Have a good night. I'll see you at the fights. Peace.